Stargazing mega fast, you hit me like a cosmic blast. You've given me a technicolor world. Putting me in overdrive, speed of light, I'm so alive. Could you be my supernova girl? Interplanetary, megastellar, hydrostatic, there's no gravity between us. Our love is automatic. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Make my heart go. Boom, boom. My supernova girl. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Make my heart go. Boom, boom. My supernova girl. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Hey Val. Hey Al. Welcome to D Commentaries. Thank you. And welcome to you and welcome to our listeners to Outer Space. Today we're talking about Xenon. Xenon, girl, girl of the 21st century. <laughs> uh, Xenon came out January 23rd, 1999. We're in 1999 now. Um, and fun fact, Xenon was based on a book. No way. Yes, a book uh, written in 1997 by Marilyn Sadler, illustrated by Roger Bolin. Uh, the book was also named Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. Huh. Uh, Xenon was directed by Kenneth Johnson, who also directed Don't Look Under the Bed. Oh. Uh. And wrote Mighty Ducks 3. Ah. D3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fine. So uh, he's got a little bit of cool. Or should uh, I say stellar? Ha <laughs> ha. Okay. <laughs> Let's just talk about this right now. Did this movie make that a thing? Because I say stellar all the time. Did I make it a thing because of this movie? It does. It does seem to be a very like twenty twenty or twenty twenty like two thousands word. Right. Like I definitely use this word a lot. Like I even don't, today. but I will today. Yeah. Great. Yeah. You should use all the vernacular today. Major. Um, major. Um, the film, again, we're already off topic <laughs> within the first minute. Uh, Xenon was also written by Stu Krieger, the teleplay. So it was adapted from the book by mm -hmm. Stu Krieger, who also wrote Smart House, <gasps> Phantom of the Megaplex. Oh my. Both Xenon sequels, True Confessions, Gotta Kick It Up, okay. Going to the Mat. And cowbells, all at decoms. What? And he's most famous for writing The Land Before Time. <gasps> I love this man. Right? This man, like, formed my youth. Stellar. Uh, he is stellar. Stellar major. Wow. We do love this man. Stu Krieger, man. He's gonna, Stu Krieger. He's going to be around a lot. Well, we can do, oh, whenever he comes up again, we can do a Stu shout out. All right, cool. Stew, shout out. There, I did my high voice for you. Thank you. Uh, also, I would just like to point out, I sang. I sang you today. You did it now. To you asked Dally. us to sing. And I, or I asked you to sing and you sang for me. Asking you shall receive. You have a beautiful voice. Who was Ooh. that other great voice singing with you? That was Protozoa. He, <laughs> he called in from London. Um, he's great. Um, 
This movie starred Kirsten Storms as Xenon Carr, Raven Simone as Nebula Wade, yes. Gregory Smith as Greg, Woo. Uh, and Philip Reese was Protozoa with the hair. With the hair. That really was a staple of 1999 for a lot of elementary school children. Yes. And also, like, props to the people who took enough time to actually do that hair, because, like, that could not have been a quick do. No. Um, also, Frosted Tips. Ugh, do you Frosted think... Tips. Okay, you were saying how did this movie create Stellar? Did this movie create Frosted Tips? I don't know. This movie was very interesting because it was positing... It was kind of like how the future part of Epcot... Future World. Future World is what someone in the 50s thought that now would be like. Oh, right? yeah. So... Originally, the Future World stuff was part of that exhibition, right? Where they were, mm -hmm. like, positing what the future would be right. like. Right. Experimental product of tomorrow. And Ryan's yes. going to hear that and he's going to kill me for not getting it right. So <laughs> don't put that in there. It's Exp a big, uh, beautiful tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, um, now I've got you singing, Val. Yes, you do. Well, Michael would be very proud of me for knowing that song. He loves the Carousel of Progress. Me too. I can't wait for the day we all go to Disney together. Right? We're going this summer. You should come with us. I'm going in two weeks. Oh, my God. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, they kind of approached the futuristic stuff as kind yeah. of like that way of thinking like what the future is going to be fashion like we have right now, technology like we have right now, just a little bit more, like just a little bit cooler. So like, for example, like they had in the computer lab, they had like the ergonomic keyboards and the ergonomic yeah. mouse, you know, and all that stuff. And it's like, that was like cutting edge in 1999. Now no one uses that crap. But right. back then it was like a big thing where you had that like split keyboard where it like faced the other way because it was like better for your hands yeah. or whatever. But like, hey, they did predict tablets. And like the fact that you can zoom from space. Right. Yeah. So they did they did predict that, which was pretty cool. And like I whatever those those tablets were, like they looked like a GPS. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, like the, the GPS that you'd put in your car yeah, that we used to not have on like. our phones and you'd have yeah. to actually buy separately. Exactly. It looked like a Garmin that they had just like painted. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the synopsis is very short this week. It is. An inquisitive teenager finds herself involved with suspected dodgy dealing on her space station home and ends up being sent down to Earth. Quick. That is very vague and very has vague. nothing to do with the plot line. Well, that's not entirely true. It does have something to do with the plot line, but it doesn't give anything away of the... The conflict, it gives no no hints towards the conflict. Well, is, I think a good synopsis of. is vague, right? Because, like... You don't want to give away. You don't, no, like, I so want like I want like a fifteen-page paragraph of you are nothing will please you because when no. I read that ridiculous synopsis for mm -hmm. was it you lucky dog one of them which was like too much oh yeah you're I like hated it. that gave everything away and now you're yeah. like I want them to give everything away. yeah <laughs> if I'm anything Val I'm never pleased Ugh. ain't that the truth. <laughs> okay um so first big reveal chelsea clinton is president <laughs> i screamed i because he was like president clinton and then he had to clarify 
not Bill Clinton, his well, daughter, Chelsea. Right. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, he might not end up being wrong. There like, is a chance. I could see her running for president. Can you imagine if all three of them had run? I mean, that's not crazy. That's so like, cool. These dynasties of families. Like, yeah, I guess that does make sense. Yeah. But yeah. That so would have been so cool. I love fun. the holographic teacher in the beginning. Well, it was kind of funny because this this movie, like it had iPads before iPads. It had virtual learning before virtual learning. <laughs> this is the perfect quarantine movie. <laughs> it's the perfect quarantine movie. Uh, oh, no, you have to ask me my first impression. Yeah, person, I was person. just, I was wondering, uh, Allie, what did you think of this movie? Thanks for asking. Um, I do really love this movie. I thought it was a fun watch. For some reason, like half, way more than halfway through I kind of started losing interest oh interesting which made me sad because this I mean these it's such a good movie yeah. so um on my alley scale I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten that's fine that's that's acceptable yeah above average above average great movie um would watch again in like the background fair I don't know that I need to sit and like <laughs> <laughs> fair um I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Again, again, I had not seen it, you know, for probably 15 plus years. Yeah. But I'd watched Same. it a lot when it first, you know, around when it first came out. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love the character. I love how with it she is and how self-aware Xenon oh, yeah. uh, is. And she's so, like, she's a troublemaker for sure. Mm -hmm. But she's. She's everything I wish I was at 13 that I wasn't. Right. She's she's so brave, obviously, but she's also like not that selfish kind of troublemaker where like she's doing it for the greater good. Well, not even just that, but even in the beginning when she's not doing it for the greater good, when she's just doing it for herself, she involves her friends, but it's not in a heartless way. Like she would 100% take the fall for her friends. You know what I'm saying? Like she's right. not the type of person who's like, you chose to be there too. Like she does say one time, like with the spacewalk where she's like, well, there were other people there. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and her dad's like, but you were in the spacesuit," And she, she obviously is just saying that. Cause like, she's, you know, she knows she's in big trouble, but like, she wouldn't actually do that. She's a very good friend. Um, and I, I just, yeah, she's, she's a good person. She like holds her own with that girl on earth mm -hmm. who's so shitty to her <laughs> she's so um, mean she's so mean um but yeah so i really enjoyed this i would watch it again yeah um i really enjoyed her i thought it was well written i yeah i thought that um i really liked aunt judy i really like she's so adorable yeah i thought that um xenon and greg had like legitimate chemistry yes Yes, I was a rooting for them. I was really rooting for them. Mm -mm. <laughs> I was really rooting for them. Mm -mm. Um, yeah, I really liked like every character. Honestly, the most annoying character was Margie or whatever her Margie. name was, the evil girl. Um, She's in another movie that we will see. Okay, because that I, I don't know if it was the actress or the writing or the directing, but like that but the was fact the fact that worst. he was like, I don't want to date you ever. And she was like, I'll try again tomorrow. Yeah. I was like, she's the ultimate friend zone person. <laughs> well, but she's also just like a piece of shit. She's yeah, just no, like she's a, a so one note and like gross. But I um, do love her sweater with the like sleeves. <laughs> she was just so like, she, it was funny because this one felt a little bit 
like under wraps in the sense where they felt a little bit more like tiny adults Mm -hmm. and her outfits kind of made me think of that too. Like there's a certain type of like middle-aged desperate woman that would like dress in those outfits. Okay, Val, are you describing me? Because I just said that I liked her sweater with the sleeves and you're saying I'm a desperate middle-aged woman. Okay. (laughs) That's exactly, exactly what I was saying. That's exactly what I was saying. Um, yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny. They used color, uh, really interestingly in this yeah. movie. Um, like all the to, sort of to show who was doing what on the exactly. ship. Exactly. Like everyone who lives on the space station is all in like turquoise, pink, purple. Like everybody is in those sort of like nineties colors. Right. And then yeah, like neon. Yeah. And then when the guys from earth show up, they're in like black, red, mustard yellow like all of these more primary like muted colors mm-hmm. um and then when evil they get to colors right right they're very evil. evil and when we when we get down to earth uh it's kind of the same like the kids are wearing like earth versions of the colors right and so that's why like yeah. margie is the only one who's always wearing like reds and like those kinds of evil colors but then like everyone else is wearing like 90s patterned like which is great because then the 90s are going to come back in 2042 and i love the 90s the 90s are back right now (laughs) as we as stated last week we are in a closed loop of time when it comes to fashion (laughs) uh okay also um something that was said early on that mm-hmm. struck me was everything down there is motivated by money. Ain't that the truth? And then she didn't have any money at the lunch table. I know, but it was just like, she literally was just like, they're all dirty capitalists. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone else. It's pleasing said, knowing that's also going to happen in 2042. <laughs> right. I know. And then some, I think she followed it up by saying something to the effect of, no, everybody down there is motivated by fear. And I was like, oh, my God, those are literally the two motivations of every person. Yeah. <laughs> At least in America. I don't know about the rest she of She also said, down on Earth, people with runny noses are packed together like microchips. And then her friend goes, I've never even sneezed. <laughs> so funny. Um, since we're quoting stuff. Uh, yeah. Do you have any other favorite lines? Yeah, I've got a ton. Um, uh, her mom's her. She was joking with her mom about something and her mom goes, stow the joke, Xenon. And I thought that was really funny because yeah. stowing like you stow things on like an airplane yeah. and you like put them up. And yep. I just was like, they're on a ship, the spaceship and they're going to stow. I, I thought that was funny. They were very clever with yeah. the like vernacular that they used like yeah. everything had something to do with space or something to do with the spaceship or some you know everything was like very intentional which was great yeah they had some really great lines that were pretty intellectual intellectual like uh nothing can ever be guaranteed until we put it to the test 
And then I had to pause and (laughs) take a breather after hearing (laughs) that. And I was like, thank you, sir, from Holes for delivering this incredible line and seeing on Girl in the 21st Century. I think this exact line was said in the last movie in Halloween Town. I can handle myself. I'm 13. Yes. I wrote down lucky age of 13 because a lot, this is, this seems to be the perfect age for all of these decoms of coming into your own as, you know, a human being. And then I was thinking about my time as a 13 year old. (sighs) Well, I definitely like these kids thought I was 35 when I was 13. So Mm -hmm. I definitely related to that. Um, yeah. And you know, it's weird comparing her to like Kimberly J Brown, who was also 13, where I think, you know, granted they could be different ages when they were cast, but Kim, uh, Kirsten Storms just seemed so much more mature than Marnie did at 13. Yeah. Well, I think that that's accurate, right? Kids yeah. all age and mature at different ages. I think that's why these movies are set at this age because it's so crazy. Like there's just so much going on. Yeah. And, uh, puberty. Puberty. Puberty is Puberty. crazy. <laughs> Did you have any other quotes you like? Uh, yeah, I had a few. Um, I didn't write down the whole quote because I only liked one part from it. But Greg goes, viral is nasty. And that also put me into like a mental swirl because I was like, oh, my God, viral is nasty. Like if you go viral, you're held so accountable. Uh, yeah, I only had one more. Uh Raven Simone as Nebula was not turning her back, but had made a comment to Kirsten Storms and and Kirsten Storms says, et tu Nebula. (laughs) That was incredible. Nebula is like bringing up Shakespeare, are we? Like if something really is wrong with you, are you okay? (laughs) Oh my God. That was so funny. (laughs) Again, it was like the high reference level. I like that. I I appreciate that in these movies. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked... One sin minor and my life is a living black hole. (laughs) So dramatic. So dramatic. (laughs) Um, Also, there were a lot of really, really creepy looks. Okay. Between people. Yep. And like the whole, the first time that she and Wyndham meet, the way that he like stares her down is like among the creepiest things that I have ever seen. Yeah. Ever. And then later they have Greg staring at her like a freaking creep yeah, he for like 15 emote. minutes. <laughs> he doesn't emote. He just stares. Yeah, that's his way. Can we talk about the, all the code stuff on the ship? Are just wingdings? wingdings? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know that the band's name was Microbe. I thought it was just protozoa was a one-man band like right like no. justin timberlake but nope. protozoa Mike really you know mike robe was the nsync and protozoa was the justin timberlake mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's true okay i'm feeling ready to uh take my iridescent vest off and take the shuttle down to spoiler city <gasps> is it time is it time to take off our bras and board the shuttle to the ship, and the ship takes off to Spoiler City, baby! Yes. Welcome to Spoiler City, Val, uh, where we ruin the movie. (coughs) (laughs) That's exactly what we're doing. All right. Lights up on a space station. We, We see the morning of 
xenon car waking up uh, for another day on the International Windcom Space Station. <laughs> and uh, xenon is just your normal girl, and she's just growing up on the space station instead of growing up on Earth. Um, she's been there since she was five years old, so this is kind of all she knows. She's very fun and uh, is kind of the class clown, but also troublemaker of the entire spaceship. Like everyone knows her. Um, but the most important part of the beginning of the story is that she is entering this contest to win to meet her favorite band, which is Microbe. And then she gets to dance on stage with the lead singer Protozoa. So she enters this contest. We see Raven Simone, we see her friends, and uh, we get to the point where there's going to be this big cosmic light show outside. And she convinces her friends to have her put on a spacesuit and tether outside of the spaceship, which in retrospect is horrifying. And she's out there floating. And then her dad comes, sees her out there. All of her friends get in trouble. And then um, she gets in trouble and her mom yells at her and says, keep this in mind. It's gonna be important for the story. She's gonna get grounded if she does something bad again. Okay. So she's like living her life again. And then Val, I forget how she gets in trouble again. Well, she, so Wyndham, the guy who owns the space station and is like a rich businessman, comes to the space station with his assistant. And she is up to some of her little hijinks and she catches his assistant doing something fishy and she decides to follow him. Yeah. So she decides to follow him. And then um, you have to keep going with this part because I do not remember. I literally watched it this morning and I do not remember. That's OK. How she gets in trouble with it. Yeah. So she's following the assistant because he keeps trying to get into the main computer room, which is off limits to pretty much everybody. And she finally get, enlists her pals to get her the code so that she can get into the room to catch him or at least see what he's doing. Because she is trying to tell people that she's suspicious, but no one's really paying attention to her or listening to her because she's always kind of in trouble and always up to no good. So they're kind of like, oh, it's just Xenon. She's full of crap. And they've also all been kind of taken by Wyndham because he's very charming to everyone. So... She does get into the main computer room, but the guy, his assistant, gets away and she gets caught. So they think that she was trying to do something bad, but he drops the disc that he used when he went into the computer room to do whatever it is that he was doing. So then uh, her parents yell at her and they say, you're grounded. And she's like, OK, you can take my tablet. And they go, no, you're grounded to Earth, which means she has to fly all the way to Earth and move in with her aunt on Earth. This is detrimental to Xenon because uh, we found out that she won the contest. She won the contest because she created this really cool uh, like protozoa statue out of just random recycled trash from the space station. Um, and so she's super upset because she's going to miss the concert. She's going to miss her friends. She's never been to life on Earth and she doesn't know how she's going to handle this. So before she leaves to go down to Earth, Raven Simone Nebula finds a piece of trash on the ground, thinks it looks cool and decides to give it to Xenon as an earring. Now this piece of trash 
is the disc that the spooky guy dropped. So then Xenon goes down to Earth. She's got this really cool earring on. And uh, she's talking to Wyndham to be like, okay, bye forever. And um, she like tucks, she like, uh, for this is for Gen Z. She does the Debbie where she tucks her hair behind her ear and like looks down and like looks up and smiles. And um, that's like, (laughs) it is a different thing. Val, okay. but it's a TikTok thing. Okay. And she like does that and shows off her earring. And then the assistant realizes, oh my God, she has like all of my information that, that we need. Um, so she goes to live with her aunt. She's learning, you know, how to live life on earth. She has this group of friends on earth now with Margie, the evil one, um, <laughs> and her new boyfriend, Greg, and the guy from Holes, and then the Kim Possible movie from 2019 producer. So this is her group of friends. And so then, um, the assistant finally catches up to her and he's like, Hey, I need that disc. This is, you know, they destroyed the aunt's house trying to find the disc. And then they realize that it's on her and all of this stuff. And, uh, they finally create this ploy because they figure out what's on the disc. They figure out that the disc is trying to blow up Windcom so that the evil, creepy winky guy can, have all the insurance money. So he's just going to get millions of dollars if the ship blows up. So Xenon is the one who is like figured out that that disc has the stuff to reverse the virus. It. Yeah. has the well, like, so or she the guy has from, the virus. So the virus is on the disc. Then the guy from holes figured yeah. out how to turn it into like an undo program. Basically. Okay. So then she's got the undo disc. And so the assistant comes and threatens her and is like, give me the disc. And she goes only if you can get me back on the space station. And he said, okay, fine. And then she gave him a fake disc. He didn't realize it until he gets to the, his computer. And then it says Jack in the box Xenon. And she goes, <laughs> So he finds out, then Xenon ends up going to the space port and uh, sees Protozoa is like, hey, I'm the one who won. I need to go back on the ship with you. So then they all fly to back to the space station. Her aunt, who's never traveled anywhere outside of Earth, um, <laughs> hops on the plane, the plane, the plane to space. <laughs> Then Wyndham and his evil spooky guy are also like get on there before they can get off. Meanwhile, this entire time, the space station is malfunctioning, about to blow up. Everyone's freaking out. There are hundreds of people on this thing that are like essentially going to die if they don't fix this and they can't figure it out. And Xenon the entire time is tableting them saying, hey, I know what's wrong. You have to do this. And they're still not believing her, which is something we have to talk about. Uh, So they finally get up to space. She, you know, long story short, long story short, she gives them the disc. She puts it in. She's typing in the wingdings and um, couldn't get it. Couldn't get it. Literally like 20 seconds, 10 seconds. The last second she gets the right wingdings, clicks enter. Spaceship is saved. They go to a micro slash protozoa slash Harry Styles concert on the spaceship. And she lets Raven Simone be be the supernova girl. And she is. Um, she's and the, she dedicates you know, the song to, to her BF. And that's Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. Yep. It was it was really fun. I had a great time. I thought Aunt Judy was such like a funny. Oh, she's uh, so fun. She element. was such a great non-parent adult. Yes. Um, I loved 
I t- okay. Here are things that I completely forgot about that I really enjoyed. The horses. Mm-hmm. Completely forgot about the horses. Really enjoyed it. Um, another thing I forgot about completely was Judy and the captain of the ship. <laughs> uh, once I saw her, I remembered immediately. I remembered them falling in love at the end. And I just thought, I just think that's so fun because then spoilers for the sequel. Um, I mean, they like, she moves to the ship, I think. Oh, really? And they I like see, have a family. I'm like not even 100% sure I've seen the sequel. Oh, I can't wait. It's good. It's a good one. Great. Um, also, I felt like the least developed characters in this movie were her parents. I, it was interesting because we talked in our last episode about how, and, and actually also in Brink, how mm-hmm. they did such a good job with like giving depth to a lot of the characters, even the ones we never even met, um, in a really quick time frame mm-hmm. in those movies. And it just felt like they didn't do that with these parents for some reason. Like they tried They tried because they were like showing what they do for work and how passionate they are for work. And they showed each of them interacting with her. But for some reason, for me, that was the one part of this that like fell flat for me or didn't work for me. Because like Judy shows up halfway through the movie and instantly you like Judy. Instantly, you know who Judy is. You just get her like right away. And uh, I just didn't feel that with them. That was pretty much everything that I had. I didn't really take a whole lot of notes this time. I just thought I was just kind of enjoying the movie. Yeah. I mean, I've said most of what I wrote, so we're good. Z-E-N-O-N, 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 and now it's time for Xenon Bingo. That was great. Thanks. Uh, welcome to, to, to Bingo, where every week we have our bingo sheet and we mark our squares and we hope for the best. That's right. Is it a good intro, Val? That was great. I love that intro. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I'll start again. Great. One hit wonder song. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. When it's an invented band for a movie, it can only be a one hit wonder. Correct. You got breaking the fourth wall, looking into the camera. I didn't notice any. Did you notice any, Val? Nope. Yeah. Okay. Holiday themed. No, no holiday theme. No holidays here. Clunky metaphor, Val? I don't, I, like, I would be pushing really hard to come up with a metaphor. Great. If you come up with one, let Yeah, us let know. us know. Let us know. Okay. Uh, parents who just don't get it. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think this is going to be a box that we might, like, click every <laughs> single time. <laughs> we might yeah. check that uh, week by week. Probably, yes. Yeah. Cool non-parent adult. Judy. Judy. And Judy. She's so funny when she, uh, when they already crashed through the barrier and then she shows up, she's like, oh, Xenon's in there? Okay, I'm so, so sorry. It's <laughs> like also <laughs> crashes through the barrier. <laughs> so funny. Uh, someone too famous for a TV movie. No. No. Not at the time. No. Uh, competition to resolve a central problem. No. No. Uh, a montage sequence. No. No. Cliche villains. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's kind of funny. We're getting like a tour of every type of cliche vi- villain that we there really could possibly are. be. <laughs> it's really interesting, though, that I think except for one movie so far, the cliche villain has been a, an adult. Yes. And then the only time it wasn't was like a high school bully. Right. Who looked like an adult. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. But I think that that's sort of, I mean, I think that fits with like movies about teenagers, right? Because usually yeah. they're out of control of their lives because adults make the decisions and usually adults are creating yeah. problems for them because they are either greedy or some have some other issue. So definitely greed was the, the villainous characteristic here. Yes. Uh, clothes or item that you owned? Uh, the watch. Yeah. Yes. So I didn't have a baby G myself. I did have those exact swim goggles, the blue with the green strap. You're so cool, Val. <laughs> You're just the coolest. <laughs> I don't know about you that. You have Brink's quilt. You have <laughs> Xenon's goggles. I have that camera from the camera. I remember that pic. I'm still trying to find a picture of the quilt and I'll try and find a picture of the goggles too, but I have okay. to go to my parents' house to. Find yeah. Those. I definitely had one, uh, one of the watches that we mentioned earlier, um, in, I want to say light blue, but I don't know if I'm saying light blue cause hers was light blue, but I think it was either light blue or orange or my sister and I had them. Yeah. Yeah. There I mean, was also blue. something else that I had. Maybe I, oh, you know what I did is uh, scrunchies. scrunchies. Oh, yeah. Lots of scrunchies. Lots of scrunchies. Uh, okay. Rotten Tomatoes, 40 to 60. Okay. Um, hmm. I don't think this one's going to be as high as the last couple. Okay. I liked it. So I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 70. I was bound to end my streak at you some were, point. It was 62. Okay. So we don't okay. mark our square and you don't win. So. Bummer. Uh, happily ever after? I'd say so. I would say yes. Yes. Uh, almost kissing. The entire uh, time Greg and Xenon are in a scene together. So much almost kissing. So many almost kiss. Um, Someone who became famous. Uh, duh. A few. Raven Simone. Most notable Raven, for sure. But also Gregory Smith. Uh, he, uh, he was in Everwood and then he was in like a cop show, I want to say. Okay. I can't remember which one. There's too many. Um, but he's done stuff. Tons of stuff. So. And we also have Kirsten Storms, who surprisingly, if no one here watches soap operas, has been on General Hospital since 2005. She's one of the leading actresses. She's been on over a thousand episodes. <gasps> Isn't that crazy? That, you know, credit where it's due. Yeah. Being on a soap opera is That's hard. hard work. Wow. So wow. crazy. That's I'm impressed. I know. But yeah. So we have plenty of people who became famous after this. Yeah. So great. Um, betraying of one's real friends or values, not no, even in the slightest. sticks so close to her friends and values that she's trying to save the spaceship. If, if she had betrayed the spaceship and it was her problem, then we would mark the box, but she's yeah. a strong, strong teen. Yeah. Um, and also can we talk about how messed up it is that her parents blocked her from calling Nebula? Yeah. What the hell? That was really harsh. Yeah. Grounded and grounded. Ugh. Yeah, that was too much. Yeah. Your childhood grudge. You know, I distinctly remember having a thing for Greg. So I'm a It's happening. Sure. She finally had a crush on someone. 
<laughs> and I definitely had a crush on him in Everwood. So yeah, he is a handsome dude. He um, is. And then this was ninety nine, so I was six, and I definitely <laughs> remember live, laugh, loving protozoa. So <laughs> he's so charming. He's so I charming. Love, I love when he like gets the guard to just like quit his job. He's like, do you want to be a guard for the rest of your life? Or do you want to do rock and roll? Yeah. <laughs> also, so I loved when he was about to board the space plane and he's like thrusting in the air. I was like, yeah, he is so fun. He, he was the perfect person to, to be protozoa. He was loving it. Yeah. Loving it. Loving it. Um, obviously bad special effects or stunts. I mean, yes, obviously she does a spacewalk. Thank you for admitting it this time. <laughs> I wrote down one specific one because I didn't want you to be like, oh, is there? That was just in Brink. <laughs> I You're know. like acting like I've literally done every this every movie single that, Every movie you come around here and you Do you think me. I'm fighting you when I'm not? Yes. Making all these patterns. So I came with it and my first one effects, I did floating rat. Oh, yeah. That was my first one. Honestly, that was kind of cool. Oh, she like pets it. <laughs> I mean, it was cooler than any of the magic in Halloween Town. What? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Nothing. But I did like how a lot of the stuff was like practical effects, like how the the uh, stress helmet was just like a hat. With a just hat with like balls on it that like a joker <laughs> yeah. would wear. <laughs> yeah, like I, I just thought that was so funny. Yeah, was um, And definitely true to like the approach that they took with Halloween Town. Yeah. Uh, we've got our actor square. We've got Eric Von Detten, Ryan Merriman, Kimberly J. Brown, Andy Lawrence brother, and Kirsten Storr. We did it. We did it. We marked the box. <laughs> We're on a roll. We are. Um, yeah, love it. Uh, musical number. Um, zom, zom, yes. zom. <laughs> boom, boom. Mazubanova. Zom, zom, zom. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was like a different kind of musical number, which is great. Yeah, it was like perfect. It wasn't like a musical. Right, it wasn't high it was, school music. It wasn't Spaceship Musical, the musical, the right. series, but it was. <laughs> but it was a musical performance. It was a musical performance. It was a musical yeah. number. Yes. Yeah. Okay, magic. No. No, only space. The magic of science. The magic of science. Uh, okay, I'm interested to know your thoughts on this one, Val. The Someone says the title of the movie. Well, it obviously depends if we're counting the entire post-colon title mm -hmm. or if we're just counting her name. I could go either way on this one because, like, when people just reference this movie, they, they don't just say, say Xenon. Exactly. They don't say Xenon, girl of the 21st century. But that is the name. So... I'm comfortable either way. I half marked it. I'd say we just mark it. Okay. I Like, people say her name a million times. I yeah. think that that counts. Okay. Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So much so that these child hackers uh, like saved the lives of hundreds <laughs> of people. I, uh. <laughs> and then the kid who saved the hundreds of people... Just ends up digging holes for like a year, you know? I know. Sad. And then never made anything after 2004. No, but I hope he's doing well. Yeah. He's a cute kid. He was a good actor. Ding I liked him a lot. I always think about in this movie 
when he when his computer explodes and he just like puts his head on the table on the glass and then the shot yeah. of him through the glass so funny it just always i will never forget that for some reason that moment stuck with me it's so funny um the heroes create the problem not this time no. it was already created the baddies created the, the problem. baddies okay lead is a fish out of water yeah <laughs> Yes, she goes to Earth and she has no idea what she's doing. And then she has to get in the water. So she actually is at one point a fish. She's a fish pulled out of water. Fish pulled out of water. Didn't know how to swim in. She's a fish out of water pulled out of the water. Val. Val, it happened. It did? Val, we got our first bingo. Wait, what? Did you? I don't know. Okay, so secret to secret behind the scenes, I don't actually fill out the card. So I. You had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. Wait, which way did we get it? Parents who just don't get it, cliche villains, someone who became famous, <gasps> musical number, lead is a fish out of water. We did it! We did it! We did it! We got bingo! <laughs> we, we sincerely thought that we would never get bingo. This is we thought we were gonna have to wait until we got to like the 2010s and we were gonna watch like zombies or something or like. Uh, yeah, the Descendants, <gasps> Camp Rock. We did no. it! We did it with Xenon. Heck yes, Xenon. We love you, Xenon. Maybe I should give this rating, this movie, a higher rating. No, I'm going to keep it in no, an eight. No, no, no. Be honest. Be true to yourself. Oh I am so freaking jazzed right now. I am, <laughs> I am major Nova <laughs> about, about this victory. I, I, I am stellar. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. We did That's it. That's amazing. Yeah. We did it. We did it. Um, so we got bingo, our first bingo. Congrats, everyone. Bingo, bingo. We may never get it again, so enjoy we, yeah, it. Yeah, this is one and done. One and done. <laughs> um. All right. Well, that leads us to our last segment, Val, which is it's Allie's game time. Uh, now I'm, I've created a game for Val. She will play. Uh, now this game is a little bit different this week where it's kind of more of just an interactive, uh, fun thing that I created that we're going to go through and just, uh, figure out. So this week is called, what's your Xenon name? (laughs) (laughs) So I have, uh, 26 times three, which is how many Val? 78? Yeah. I have 78 space words, and uh, you correlate the first letter of your name to a word, and the or the mi- first letter of your middle uh, initial oh, to a word, yeah. and your last name, the first initial of your last name to a word, and you find out your Xenon name. Now, I used a random number generator to create the list, and so... Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I went all out for this, Val. Uh, and we'll post this and we're so going to post it. We'll have a graphic so you can play along yeah. as well. So, um, uh, Val, would you like to start with me, you or Kirsten Storms? Let's start with Kirsten. All right. We're going to start with Kirsten. So Kirsten's name starts with K. So her first name is Dwarf Planet. <laughs> her middle initial is R. And so we have Galaxy. Her middle name is Renee. And so her middle, her Xenon name would be Galaxy. So we have Dwarf Planet Galaxy, and her last name starts with S, which is Probe. So we have (laughs) Dwarf Planet Galaxy Probe. (laughs) That's her Xenon name. 
<laughs> wow. Okay, okay, well then we'll... <laughs> I don't have much else to say about that. Sorry, Kirsten. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> okay, then we have we'll go me next. We'll finish on Val. Okay. Because Val is special. Uh, all right, we have the first letter of my name. It's Allie. It is Sky. So my first Ooh. name is Sky. My middle initial is L for Louise. And my middle name is Hypernova, which wow. I love so far. So we've got Sky Hypernova. Last name starts with R. My last name is Ring. And my last name is Meteorite. So Whoa. Sky Hypernova Meteorite. It might That's sound a good one. like I cheated the system, but I swear I used a <laughs> random number generator to <laughs> number it's fine. these. You come up with the game. Even if you did cheat, Thank I you. I did not. It. Uh, I would have picked something <laughs> like... Uh, Something stupid like wormhole. <laughs> Watch, that's going to be mine. Okay. All right, Valerie, what does uh, your name start with? Val. B. All right, so we have astronomy. Astronomy. Okay. And what's your middle initial? H. Okay, then your middle name is inertia. Okay, so wait, it's astronomy, astronomy inertia. inertia. Ooh, and okay. your last name, Val, what's your last name? Agnew. So we've got... Astronomy Inertia Binary Star. Whoa. <laughs> Astronomy Inertia Binary, binary Star. star. <laughs> um, so that's my game today. It was pretty quick and fun, but we'll uh, post a graphic so you can play along uh, this week with uh, what's yeah. your Xenon name. It'll be on our Instagram, uh, D Commentaries. Yeah. Come find us. Um, all right, my friend. All right. Bye, Val. Bye, Al. This podcast was produced by me. And me. And it was edited by me. The music was composed by Michael McNally. You can find us online at thetridentnetwork.com slash dcommentaries hyphen pod and on Instagram at dcommentaries. Dcommentaries is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. Disney Channel Original Movies. Damn it, Allie.